Hey guys, it's Clayton from 316 Creative Works. Hey, listen, if you know me, you know that 316 Creative Works exists to partner with artists, businesses, and churches. Uh, one of my good friends is a business guy. It's the Maynard family, and they run a business, and now they're in partnership with us. So that's Precision Door Service. Listen, in case of emergency, I always call Precision Door Service. They are experts in repairing, replacing all your garage doors and overhead doors. They can be reached. They got two numbers. The Indiana side is area code 219-306-8155. Again, 219-306-8155. Now, on the Illinois side, uh, Precision Door Service can be uh, contacted at area code 708-474-6657. And number again is 708-474-6657. You can always get them at precisiongarage-door.com. That's precisiongarage-door.com. Of course, we'll probably have Justin throw a contact card up there for you so you guys can see it if you're watching this. Again, this is Clayton from 316 Creative Works introducing you to another member of the family, the business of precision door service. Thanks, guys. Thanks for checking us out. Thanks. Thanks for checking out another 316 podcast. I'm Clayton from 316 Creative Works. This is part three with Marty. But before we get into uh, finishing up uh, the, this this talking with this story, uh, we do want to thank uh, our, our people. Uh, always big thanks to Larry and Sandy, uh, to my technical producer, who is Justin. Uh, we want to thank the house manager, Danielle, and my creative producer, who is Esther. Also big thanks to uh, Payrock, my new company, for sponsoring uh, the new studio, and to Delo Studio Designs. Guys, if you've checked out part one and part two, I don't need to give you uh, where we've been, but if you haven't uh, seen this before, I, I, I ask you to go check them out, part one and part two of Talking With Marty. Let's do a, 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 quiff, a quick... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we don't edit here. Let's do a quick... Above the line. <laughs> let's do a quick <laughs> catch-up where we were. Uh, local kid... Uh, born and raised, good kid, married his high school sweetheart, his grade school sweetheart, couple good kids. Um, was was a banking uh, hotshot and tremendous air and judgment and uh, and and did some things. And now we're back to the, we're back to the place where this judge says, Marty, clearly you're a good man. Right. Yeah. And, and, you know, right before that, you know, I, I got to write or I got to read my statement and then, you know, my wife read her statement and, you know, it was just, you know how it is. Oh, I, yeah, I was there. And yeah, you were there. And um, so, okay. Now we get sentenced to eight months. I got to, I got to, I got to tell you, it was such a sense of calmness. So, now hang on, because I I, I, I I believe you. I believe there was a sense of calmness there, but it took a second for that calmness to settle in. Oh, yeah. Because you were kind of a mess hearing that you're going away for In the hallway, months. right? Your, your wife was a mess. 
your, your son was stoic. Your daughter was shocked. We were all shocked. And I, I, I believe that the, 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 that the peace settled in. But what's going through Marty's mind when you hear eight months? Shock. Like you have no idea what that's even like. I, I don't know what that means. I don't, I don't know where I'm going. I don't, I don't, you know, I know where I'm going, but I don't know what to expect. Uh-huh. Um, you know, I remember bawling like a baby in my, my son and daughter's arms. Yeah. And um, do, 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 do you have, uh, they, they said they were proud of me because I never, ba- I, n- I never shied away from this. I never, I never said I didn't do it, you know? So, um, if you had lied, could you have gotten away with it? No. Too much evidence. Yeah. Okay. No. Because I would, I don't know, Justin. I'm thinking <laughs> I might go, I mean, I might, you know. No, it was, it was. Um, so now, you know, I got six weeks. So six weeks between indictment and trial, sentencing, really, because there's no trial. You, you pled you plead right, guilty. Right, right. And then six weeks before you had to report. I had to leave. To prison. Now, what did you do in those six weeks? Now, now, now is when you start negotiating with God. Oh, I, I've been negotiating with God the whole time, yeah. okay? And, um, you know, human nature tells you, you know, are you listening? Yeah. This hasn't worked out the way I, I was hoping it would. Because to be fair, up until this point, kind of everything worked out in your life, right? Yeah. I mean, you got the girl. Yeah. You got the kids. You got the career. You got the coaching career. You got the great reputation in this cute little town. Up until now, even up until the sentencing, life kind of worked out right. for you. This is the first time life really didn't work out. Well, I obviously needed to be humbled. Really? And I was humbled like I was never humbled before. So you think that was part of it? I, I don't. I don't know you to have been a prideful or a cocky person, but were you? I, I've had several friends tell me that you're a lot better to be around now than you were back then. So. You're more uh, understanding, uh, maybe loving, less judgmental. I, I look at people differently now. Everybody's got stuff. Everybody's got a flaw. Everybody's got a flaw. Everybody's got stuff going on in their lives, and they need somebody to listen. They need somebody to be there for them. What did you, um, what did you do in those six weeks before you turned yourself in, or just got our everything in, you fin- know, in place? You finances. know, I had to help my wife figure out, you know, what yeah. I do. Yeah, change, you know, in change the, the air filter on yeah. the air conditioner. And um, she was just, she was just. You know, during this process, I learned a lot about myself, but she learned a lot about herself, too. And uh, she became so much stronger. She, she learned that she could survive without you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right? Exactly. But, um, you know, the judge, one of the things the judge says, I want Marty to go somewhere where his wife can visit him, mm-hmm. you know, often. So, um, you know, sent me to Terre Haute. Terre Haute, Indiana. Right. Um Six weeks, you tried to be as normal as possible, kept going to church, kept yeah. going to work, kept doing your thing. Yep. Did, you, did you close some bank accounts and get some cash? And yeah, honey, here's tried, how you do this. You know, and sold a vehicle, that. you know, just tried to help Terry out as much as she And could. you're pretty much penniless. Yeah. Did did the uh, did federal seize any assets? Because you didn't gain any assets. So, so this was not a money grab. You didn't do this to, to make a million dollars. Take any. I didn't take. I didn't receive anything. This was not. So they didn't seize any assets, home, cars, bank accounts. They didn't seize anything. Um, but just because of the process, uh, losing this great job and um, lawyers and the other thing, you're pretty much penniless. Right. Wife has to go back to work, or she was working. No, she was working. So she she keeps working. Does she drive you to prison? 
Um, my daughter, my son-in-law, and, and my wife drove me to prison. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I didn't want her to drive home alone. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not laughing uh, at that scene or that that story. I'm I'm laughing at the the absurdity of that statement. My wife, my daughter, my son-in-law drove me to prison. Right. So you know, my wife hates when I use the word prison. <laughs> Okay. You know, the mobsters call it college. I'll do that. <laughs> hey, but, where's um, Tony? He, he's in college for another year. So I went to, there's three prisons down in Terre Haute. There's the state death row. Oh, um, yeah. Okay. There's death there's, row. There's, um, yeah. uh, you know, maximum, a minimum, and then there's camp. Right. They call it camp. Right. Okay. That's where I ended up. Because it, it's federal. It's mostly white collar, right. nonviolent. It's a working camp. So I want to do, when I got, well, 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 I don't want to talk about that, that whole process. But so anyway, I, we drive down there, you know, and just trying to keep it as upbeat as we can. Uh, you're listening, what are you listening on the radio? Like Led, Led Zeppelin or worship music? or? What? I, don't, I don't think we had anything on the WGN. radio. We were just talking, you know. And um, so now I say my goodbyes. You know, we have to report in at the, ma- at the minimum. Okay. In, intake. So, so, what, so, so they drive up to the front door, and then you get out and hug everybody, and then you walk in by yourself, or do they? No, everybody walked in with me, oh, and then you know they said, "Hey, you know, you have to say your goodbyes." And then our son-in-law and my daughter left, and it was just Terry and I, and there were two orderlies there. Okay, inmates oh, okay. who were sweeping the floor. Okay, yeah, yeah. janitorial crew, right? And they both they both came up to Terry and said, "He's going to be okay." He's going to be okay. And she still thinks they were two angels. Yeah. Have you met them since? Have you ever seen them since? Oh, I saw them for eight months. And then, <laughs> okay, you so, know. So they were classmates yeah, of yours. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so they weren't, they weren't angels. No, no. But um, so then, you know, you, you get in, put into this room and, you know, you hear the, the, the CEO coming down. You hear the keys rattling, you know, the correctional officer. and Which you've seen a thousand times on movies. Yeah. And then you got to go through the whole, you know. Unfortunately, they got to check to make sure you don't have anything on right. you. And um, then they throw you in a van and take you to where you're going to be. And, and the same uh, complex, yeah. But another building. Right. Uh-huh. And did, do you change clothes then? Are you wearing your, your normal clothes? They put you in the orange? No, they what? take uh, they, you gotta, they put you in a, you know, a, a gray sweatpants. And, okay. and then when you get to the camp, then they, they outfit you in, you know, brown pants and or green pants and brown shirts and blah, blah, blah. So so, t- so, so the uh, wife and the kids, uh, they drive home. And you don't see them? You don't talk to them? Or do, are, are you allowed visits? Are you allowed phone calls? You're allowed weekend visits, yeah. And, and, and so the first weekend visit, they were there mm-hmm. uh, five days later? Right. And visits were fine? Were they in a, a secure room? I mean, this is... Yeah, we were, we were in a room with everybody else who had visitors and a, and a guard. You were not behind glass? No, you? I no. mean, it's minimum security, right? So you're, right. you're just sitting talking. Right. So I, I got a job right away when I was... Um, um, I was going to do landscaping, and they the warden called me and said, Marty, I've re- reviewed your case. Um, I'm going sen- to send you to the cup. I said, what's well, a cup? What's the central utility plant? And he says, I'm going to give you the keys to a truck. <laughs> so he's okay. like, all right, I'll be out of here in a week. <laughs> okay. I said, why me? He says, because you don't look like the type of guy who's going to steal my truck. And, and that meant what? No tattoos, no piercings, no <laughs> I, track I marks. Know. I don't know. He read your file. 
and you couldn't get too friendly. You know, you couldn't joke around with them guys, although you'd like to, because then they the other inmates would see that you had a relationship right, 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 with right, them. Right, you know, right. so I, I learned a lot. Um, did you um, did you talk to a consultant, a prison consultant, before you you went in? You know that uh, that movie. I don't know what no. it's called. Really. No, no consultant. You just figured it out. You figured it out. And um, I had a friend that knew a friend whose sister worked for um, um, an orthodontist who was down there. So they they um, they got word to him that that I was going to be showing up there, and um, he um, he he. Sh- Explained everything to me. Took you under his wing, right? right. He, <clears throat> he took me you, right? <clears throat> and then, as luck would have it, she, the, his wife, lived relatively in the area, so her and Terry would drive down together all the time, which was great Ooh. to visit. What were those nights like? Uh, is it dormitory style? You're not, you're not in in a, in a two two bunk cell, right, with prison oh, bars? I was, I was in a bunk bed. I was in the upper bunk. I was the oldest guy there that was in the upper bunk. And uh, there were seven other guys in there with me. So there were four bunks. Um, good guys? Yeah. I, I mean, you had... I got lucky. I mean, I got lucky. I mean, nobody beat you up? Uh-uh. Nobody made you their girlfriend? I mean, you, you, you hear these stories, right? You see these movies. And I, I was, I, that night I went into the TV, they had a TV room, so I'm sitting there minding my own business, you know, and this guy, this guy, huge guy came up to me and said, you're sitting in my chair. <laughs> of course I am. And I'll I move. said, whoa. I said, I'm so sorry. I didn't know we had assigned chairs. He said, I've been here for nine years. Everybody yeah. knows that's my chair. Yeah. So I've been here for nine hours. Yeah. And you know what? We sat and watched the ball game, and when it was all said and done, he said, "Hey, Marty, if you if I ever if you ever come in here and there's nobody sitting in my chair, you sit in my chair. You're welcome to it until I get and here. If anybody gives you a hassle, you let me know." So eight months mm-hmm. uh, did they did they good behavior, time off, parole, probation, or, or eight months of the day you walked out? Um, seven about seven months and one week to the day I walked out into a half. I had to serve some time in a halfway house up in uh-huh. Chicago transition house. Yeah. Um, did you meet some? Some wild characters, or were they all pretty good people? No, they were pretty good people. I mean, there was a there was a softball league. You know, I umpire on the yeah, side, so there was a slow pitch softball league. I volunteered to umpire that, so I got to know everybody. Um, I was known as, hey, if you need a good laugh, go see. Yeah, of course, go see Marty. And you know, I was working at the Cup. I started out at twelve an hour. I worked. They worked myself. They worked. They gave me a raise up to seventeen, and then they asked me to work nights. I was making twenty four an hour. Wow. So, cents. So this isn't 24 cents. 24 cents. So when you said 12 an hour, it wasn't thought, no, it was it cents. Was 12 cents an right. hour. But it goes to your commissary, right? Right. And you could buy a bag of Cheez-Its. Right. right. So this this was, let's be honest, this wasn't hard time. No. It sucks to go to prison to be away. It sucks to have a consequence. But can we say... God's mercy? Can we say mercy of the judge? Can we say that God showed up for you? So many things. So many things. He, he was all over this. What's uh, almost like predestined? Not that God wanted you to make the mistake or to do the things, but almost like there was a reason for you to be there? Is it is it too weird to say that? He... He needed to humble me. 
So this was oh, no, all. not he needed to be. I needed to be humbled by him. Okay, because out of this, my faith has never been stronger. My relationships with my family and my friends have never been stronger. I look at people differently. I want to tell my story because if you can help one person about hold your head high, you made a mistake, okay? The people at Beecher have just been absolutely amazing. You know, they don't, they don't look at me any differently. And I give them all the credit in the world for that, all the credit in the world. So it's changed my life. For the better. Absolutely for the better. Amazing. I just don't, you know, I don't worry about things anymore. I just put it in his hands. You know, things come up. You deal with it. But God's all over everything. And um, I know how I was treated by friends. I knew the support that I got. Nobody turned their back on me. That's why I, that's why I need to be. Can't judge. Did um, did you make some negotiations with God in prison? I I think I had made the negotiations with God before I got down there. I I, I read the Bible. I had you know guys from faith give me Bibles, and I read the Bible every day. I mean. Just not one chapter. I mean, I, I, I delved into it. I, I read 33 regular books. I went to every possible Bible class that there were that were there. I met some of the most amazing men I've ever met in my life. Really? These guys have been gone for 30 years. 30 years in prison. 30 years in prison. And the only reason they were in the facility that I was in, because they've been in the other ones, but because of good behavior, they keep working themselves down. And these guys, you wouldn't think anything What's wrong with these guys? Their attitude, their faith, their passion for God. Absolutely amazing. You know, I I was called a short timer. I'm gonna be in there and I'm gonna be back out. These guys, you know, I leave, they're still there. Yeah. You know, some 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 their families abandoned them. Yeah. It's horrible. Did you ever um, blame anybody? No, I, I you know. You'd like to, you want to. I never, I never blamed anybody for what I did. I, um, you took absolute 100 responsibility. I did. I did. I wish there were some circumstances that were a little bit different that maybe it wouldn't have happened, but I did. It, 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 it was my fault. I, I never shied from that, and that's one of the things um, one of our, our kids said was, you know, Dad, you never shied from it. We're, we're so proud of you. So, <clears throat> What was it like? Getting out. <laughs> I gotta tell you a quick story. So I now now I leave the camp and I go to the the minimum because that's where I went in. That's where you gotta go out. And um, I'm sitting there. I mean, in a jail cell. And all of a sudden I hear, and I know that on the other side of that wall is my wife. I am so excited because they say the the wor- the two worst days in 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 a facility like that in prison is the first first night and the, the last night. Those are tough days. You know, first time, you don't know what's going on. Right. You're going home tomorrow. You can't wait. You can't yeah, sleep. Yeah, you can't sleep. Yeah. Okay, so I'm sitting there, and this guy comes in and says, you know, Marty, I got some bad news. 
Oh, what's that? He says, um, you're not going home today. I go, what? He goes, just kidding. Yeah, of course. I've always wanted to tell somebody that. And yeah. You took like the type <laughs> of guy you're, I could you're, tell. You're the, kind of guy, you're the kind of guy that wasn't going to kill me. Right. So, But anyway, um, I think the first thing we did was I think we stopped at a Kentucky Fried Chicken that on the way home we or went something. Some I, I just had... Because if I remember seeing you for the first time, is maybe uh, we talked a lot on the phone, right? We did some emails. I never came to see you physically. Right. Right? It's never worked out. It was only eight months, for crying out loud. Right. right? Yeah, thanks. But we, we e- I emailed you an awful lot. I think I talked to you as soon as I could on the phone. Right. Um, when I first saw you, you had lost like 70 pounds. Yeah, I did. And so you got out, and the first thing you did was eat junk food. Absolutely. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> You know, you know, they say, you know, you're watching TV and they, you know, they say, what's the toughest thing on TV? You know, is it the, you know, the Victoria's Secret commercials or yeah, whatever? Right. I said, absolutely not. No, it's, it's, it's the Wendy's it's, yeah, and the Kentucky yeah. Fried Chicken. Yeah. yeah. But, um, yeah, I, I worked out an hour and a half every day. It was just, it was part of my routine. I, I was, I was doing everything I could to pass time. Uh, you, you. You you didn't quite make it out for Christmas, did you? No, I, I got I got to come home in January. Uh, but you were home for Valentine's Day. Yes. Uh, Two thousand sixteen. Correct. Yep. Just over five years. Right. What's the last five years been like? Amazing! I appreciate it so much. You know, I, I appreciate every day. The last five years have been great. I've one of, one of the things too that I I failed to. I was working when I had to go in, and my boss, who's a very good friend of mine, said, "When you come back, you have a job waiting for you," which was huge. Yeah. Okay. But um, no, I just we my wife and I just appreciate life so much more. We do more things now. We travel more because we realize that time, life is so precious. Time is fleeting, right? Yeah, you know. Who would have ever thought that anything like this would have happened? Oh, Nobody. Right. So, so you kept the house? Yep. You still live in the same house? Yep. Um, you kept your marriage? Mm-hmm. Um, you, you kept the job? You have a different one now, but mm-hmm. um, you kept the kids? Mm-hmm. And they added grandkids? Yep. Your son? And his wife uh, and those kids live out of state? Uh, yeah, South Carolina. Uh-huh. And your daughter and her husband and those kids live? LaGrange. Grandkids, they live in LaGrange? Yes. So close. Mm-hmm. You see your family a lot. Mm-hmm. You love travel them. a lot. You travel a lot. Are you still actively involved in your church? Mm-hmm. You had mentioned that you wanted to use this to glorify God or to tell his story through your story. Uh, you had some book ideas in your mind, mm-hmm. uh, prayer books. How's that stuff going? I, I got so many notes and everything. Uh-huh. I just got to sit down and spend some time in putting it together. Uh-huh. But um, one of the things I did when I was down there, my last day, I wrote a 41st poem. And um, I read it to the to the group at my last church service. And... Um, it was a satire on my stay there, yeah. and they just absolutely loved it. And I'm going to base my book on each verse. So you are. Why act- did I write write the verse? Yeah, you are actively seeking publication. 
help in writing your book? Right. I, I, I haven't actively seen any, you know, companies Publisher. or anything at this point, but. Uh, Marty, I don't know how to, how, how to end this. These, these are, right, Justin, these are always kind of hard to end, especially stories like this. They're hard to <laughs> end or put a, put a pause to. But it's a happy ending. It is. But it was hard. I love you. Love you too. I'm so uh, proud of you and honored. Uh, you've been a good friend. I, I know that you've been a good husband. You've you've been a good father and grandfather. You've and it sounds so so weird and wrong, but I'm kind of this side of it. I'm kind of glad you had to go through what you went through. I thank God on a regular basis yeah. for this. I mean, I, does that sound crazy? Yeah, it sounds like a jerky thing to say, man. But you are a better. Per- you were a good guy. Mm-hmm. You're a better person today. You're not as concerned about what people think of you. Right. I mean, you're still a good guy. Right. But your life's goal is not to please people anymore. Absolutely. You have healthy boundaries in your life. You're not going to make those mistakes again. Nope. And I'm super proud of you and happy for you. And uh, and I love you, brother. Thanks love for you coming. Too. Thank you. Before I let you go, we got enough time for this. Uh, just a little fun way for us to end some of these shows. Uh, one of my acting mentors uh, was James Lipton, who always ended his celebrity interviews with a series of questions. He has not gotten these questions in advance. I, I'm going to ask you to keep it above the line. These are the questions that James Lipton would ask his guests before he let them go. Okay. Are you ready? Marty, keep it clean. But what is your favorite word? Awesome. Awesome. What is your least favorite word? It is what it is. It is what it is, yeah. Again, keep it clean. What turns you on or excites you? Sports. Sports. You're a sportsman, huh? What kind of things turn you off? Politics. Politics. Were there some uh, politicians uh, in camp with you? There were. A couple, two, three. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what sound or noise do you love? Music. Music? Mm-hmm. You love music. I love music. What sound or noise do you hate? Uh, the scratching. Chalkboard. Scratch, yeah, chalkboard scratchy, yeah. What profession or job other than the one that you currently have would you like to attempt? I always would have liked to have been a sports announcer. Announcer, yeah. yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome. Okay, right. Yeah. Uh, what profession or job other than the one you have do you think you would hate? Wow, that's a tough one. I'm not sure. I would Cor- imagine, Correctional officer. <laughs> I imagine it's probably something in prison, right? <laughs> correctional officer. Um, if God exists, and we know that he does, what would you like to hear him say to you when you finally meet him? Well done. Well done. Well done, good and faithful servant. Yeah. Great job, Marty. Hey, well done.